All right. Hi, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Stuff and Things. That would be our Walking Dead Universe podcast covering The Walking Dead, sadly on hiatus, and uh, Fear the Walking Dead, which is what we'll be talking about tonight. Um, we have to cover two episodes, so we're going to do a brief recap of Captive, and we're going to also talk about uh, today's episode, or this week's episode, which I believe is called Jarman. Uh, it's, I, how would I pronounce that? Sikut Service? Oh man, I need to look that up. That's what that's what it's called, apparently. Sikut service. Oh, all right. I guess that's uh, Latin, perhaps. Probably is, but um, I'm I don't know if I'm a host, but I guess I'm Jerry, and I'm here with my you good are a friend, host, of course. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> and this is German, and uh, <laughs> both Jerry and I are having a couple of beers while we're doing this podcast because <laughs> that's what Fear the Walking Dead makes us do. But uh, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Okay, so yeah, Secret Service. Let's see. Yeah, title taken from uh, a psalm or religious choir piece. Oh, is and that the trivia? Well, it's just I just pulled up a, an, another review that somebody a little quicker on the gun than we are. Oh, of course. <laughs> God damn it! <laughs> those you know, those dirty on the ball journalists. Um, so I'm not. I don't really know what that means. Because oh, actually, in the trivia on IMDb, it says the title is Latin for "like deer," which could either refer to Psalm 42 or them being hunted, as deer is a commodity hunted or commonly hunted animal. Huh. Interesting. Yeah, that's weird. I'm sure, yeah, I'm sure that I'm sure that factors in at some point. But um, I think we'll think of a better name for this episode by the end of this podcast. Yeah, there <laughs> there has to be. Um, usually. I think I think it really has to do with the uh, yeah the uh, the beginning of the episode where there's the choir boys are singing a right. a hymn and uh, a lot of Catholic uh, traditional Catholic services are in Latin, which that makes no sense to me. But mm. then again, a lot of stuff that happens in church doesn't make sense. Same here. Yeah. So should we uh, should we talk about captive real quick? Sure. And if you guys haven't seen it, go to a playonnerds.com and check out. Uh, Jerry's review for Captive. Uh, it was really funny and really good. And <laughs> you can check that out there. Uh, but yeah, this was, it was a good episode, I think. Yeah, it, it, it really was. Um, the thing with Connor and Alicia, I feel like they were probably trying to make him a, a you know, a, a more important character than he really ended up being. Mm. Spoiler alert. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, you know, with the whole, he's so handy in the kitchen and just his demeanor with Alicia and the way that he was trying to, um, to get her to open up or at least, you know, talk about herself. And how did uh, he get her open up with, it was also the title of the episode that you wanted to produce. Oh, I, what was, no, no, no. What was it? <laughs> Connor makes Alicia a steak. Oh yeah. Connor <laughs> makes Alicia a steak. That's yeah. That should have been the title of the episode instead of Captain. You know, yep. It was this, a lot better. Uh, yeah, or uh, Connor likes Patsy Cline. Uh, that that would have been. Oh, that was one Patsy too. Cline playing? I didn't even notice. Yeah, he was. No, the whole opening. Um, oh damn! Few scenes was just a montage of him really kicking ass in the kitchen and listening to Patsy Cline. And I'm like, can you really hate on a guy that listens to Patsy Cline and is that handy in the kitchen? You really? I mean, it's yeah. You know, it, it, <laughs> that's um. That's quality guy type stuff right there. I mean, especially for your future apocalyptic leader, you know, you kind of want that. Yeah, exactly. I mean, he's um, a a great unifier, good music and good food. But, (laughs) um, you know, and and the other thing too is when he was sort of telling, talking about himself to Alicia, he even said something along the lines of the people that he cooked for said that those, that was what they look forward to the most were his, his meals. So that leads me to believe that he was the, um, the cook or like on that ship, you mean it's still, it's still a cook on a boat. Yeah. On the yeah. ship. Yeah. Yeah. There's not a nautical term for cooks. <laughs> I think there is actually uh what's the galley is the name of the, the place mm. they eat. Right. Or the, okay. the kitchen on the boat, but I have no idea what the cook's name would be. Well, the, the cook's name, it wouldn't be the, the gallery. That wouldn't make sense. <laughs> That'd be cool. But no, I, I think you're right though. You're saying a little bit earlier about how I, we, I think last episode we talked about this a bit when we first heard about Connor, that he was supposed to be this, almost building him up as this kind of Negan-esque character or governor-like character, but I think it was a kind of a, at this point now, I think it was kind of a fun play-up, and then obviously he's killed at the end of the episode. So, mm-hmm. But 
so I think they were just kind of teasing us with that and, and saying, hey, this is the kind of character you're thinking it's going to be. And then, nope, he's just nobody important. No, he's, yeah, he's, he's just more fodder. Um, but so there's a power outage, I believe, and sort of cuts his conversation with Lisa short and he takes off. And so she goes poking around, finds out that they're not actually at sea at all. They're in a dry dock. Oh, and before that happened, what did you think when you knew her name last episode? What was her name? Um, the one who took her stake away. Oh, uh, Vita. Vita. When Vita walks away, oh, she's actually credited this episode, which is good. But okay. when, she, when she walks away um, with the stake and, and locks the door, I thought immediately that meant it was all a trick and they were going to try to kill Alicia like in mm. that moment. But did, what did you think about that? Like when she did that was like, cause obviously there repercussions for that. If Connor comes back and she doesn't have her stake anymore, she would just say, Oh, Vita, Vita took my stake. You know, like <laughs> that kind of bothered yeah. me for some reason. I don't know why. Yeah. It, no, it, it bothered me too, because I mean, she has this moment where she's, she kind of forgets that she's a captive when she realizes that this is actually a pretty goddamn good stake. Yeah. And, uh, and you wants to face. chow. Yeah. And, and she wants to chow down and then Vita comes by and is like, no pregnancy rules. And she just like steals her stake. And, pregnancy and rules. yeah, it's, it's really, um, it's really vindictive and it, you yeah. know, and, sh- and, and shitty. And I think that, yeah, had, had, uh, Connor had a chance to come back and, you know, find out what's going on. He would have, I get. I don't know how harshly you can reprimand a pregnant woman, but he True. probably would have. That was kind of like his bargaining chip. Was like, look how good this steak is. Like we're friends, everything's cool. And then to have one of his underlings take it away is kind of like this big power move that he probably wouldn't have liked very much. Right. Exactly. I so, think it was just steak, and I was hungry, so it was really important to me in that moment. <laughs> <laughs> no, it looked really good. That's the thing is that it was such a well-made intro with yeah. him cooking. I'm like, oh, he's got the spices, and you know, he's. <laughs> You know, all the, all the chopping and cutting noises. I'm like, oh man, I'm getting, I've got hungry too. But. Yep, exactly. So, so <laughs> she, yeah, she takes off with her steak and then, so Alicia snaps back into oh shit mode and yeah, they find out that they're at, in a dry dock. It's, um, I can't really tell if it's just a, 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 like a marina or if it's a military type, um, or like freighters, like carrying freight. Like that's what, yeah, that's what yeah, it kind of yeah. seemed like to me. It was like just yeah. boring freight. Yeah, it might, it might be something like that. And then so – and we're assuming that this is this is the Connor stronghold or, you mm-hmm. know, I guess home base. Uh, and then after the whole Alicia thing, they go back to the Abigail and we find out that uh, uh, Reed, who is played by uh, Jesse McCartney, who – why does that name ring a bell to me? Isn't he like – sounds really familiar. Wasn't he like a singer or something like that? Like maybe someone else shared that same name. Oh no, no, it's him. It's him. Is he a singer? He is. Yeah, he's a singer. He was famous in the late nineties. Really? (laughs) Yeah. uh, Let's see. Jesse Mack is his. What? (laughs) Yeah. He's a a year younger than me. (laughs) What what did he do? He no. He was a. He was like a. A, a pop singer or of some kind and so and now he's uh obviously abused alcohol uh, <laughs> after his career is over so he's a little bit more swollen yeah, he's a little bit chubby there for the yeah, he's a little little chubbier you know i mean or i you may be okay let's not <laughs> criticize the actor maybe connor was feeding no, him we can because well. his character's a shithead so we can we can harass him yeah it was it was all those connor steaks that that he was <laughs> He's literally beefing oh, up. Oh, wow. Um, he used to date Katie Cassidy, who you might know now as Laurel on Arrow. Oh. Wow. They used to be a thing. I don't I don't believe it. You, Yeah, you better believe it. Check out no, some I, IMDb photos. Oh, man. What is this? <laughs> this guy used to be a thing, and now he's just a chubby actor who people like to hate. Yeah, just a chubby one-off who had a who had a a crowbar shoved through his liver and survived and survived it. Um, yeah, so he's he's tied to a chair and um, and Daniel the just this weird weird guy. Like I like his character, but he, seriously, the more we learn about him and his past, you know, which we'll get in yeah get into. There's a moment he has in the, in captive, and then a moment he has in uh, in this week's episode. But so he's cleaning. Around this, just this impaling uh, thing that he's got sticking out of him. Like, well, let's let's just clean it. We don't want it to get infected. Like, Apparently, yeah. <laughs> I guess he saw the value in him before everyone else did, though. 
Maybe. I don't know. I, I don't know. You know, uh, yeah, I think they're, because I wish they would have shown it where they, you know, were like, oh, shit, he's not dead. And they were going to go for the killing blow. But then Daniel was like, no, wait, we might need him alive for something. And, you know, uh, showing his prowess as some weird, horrible person in a past life. But so we find out that Reed and Connor are related. Reed is Connor's younger brother. Um, very valuable. Right. Very Now he, now he's a very valuable play, uh, playing card chip piece. I don't whatever you want to use. <laughs> but, um, whatever metaphor you're comfortable with. Yeah, yeah. Just pick one. Um, and then uh, – and Reed continues to be kind of a, a little piece of shit saying that he's going to uh, take Ophelia apart when, you know, he gets loose and et cetera, et cetera. But Daniel knows better because he's – seen guys like this are probably a measure mm-hmm. more horrible than him. And uh, the louder the dog barks, the more afraid he is. And, you know, I think that's a pretty astute observation because he is, he just, he tries, he likes to talk trash, but now he's kind of in a, you know, he's up shit Creek. And, and I will give it. it to this Jesse McCartney guy, whatever he was, Justin Bieber wise earlier on in his career, he did some great scenes in this episode. Like, yeah, I believed him as kind of that Joffrey kind of, Oh, you don't know who that is. That's right, because you don't watch Game of Thrones. <laughs> but uh, Game of Thrones, Joffrey, everyone out there else will know who that is. But uh, he, yeah, he's else. very hateful. Like you, you don't you like to hate him, and he did, yeah, he did yeah. a great job for that. Yeah, he really did. So you know, Jesse, if you're listening, you know, scoop up those villain roles, man. You're good at it. Yeah, go for it, man. Just lay off the alcohol. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> or or uh, I, you know, if you Google "get drunk, not fat," it'll bring you up like drinks that you can have that aren't are low in calorie. Wow, good for you, man. I'm looking that up yeah. right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's it's valuable information. But um so we go back to the dry dock and um let's see, I guess oh no, I think uh, Jack finds her and starts explaining to her what her job is gonna be on this boat because since he likes her so much, I guess Connor has allowed her to potentially be one of the crew and her job is to again everybody's just this expert sailor um to 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 watch the sonar and pick out and log the different ships that are at sea for potential raids and whatnot and And i uh, will say that is a little bit immediate trust yeah like how much of an idiot is connor who just trusts her because he just sabotaged their family's boat like Mm -hmm. how much is he considering how much he should trust her when he just sabotaged her whole family and she doesn't know how they're doing right now. Like she has no idea where they are. Yeah. And that's the other thing too, is if he's so sure that she's going to want to be with Jack and, you know, join this new group of people, you know, it was that like a, was that bad writing? Was that a, a miscalculation on the character's part? Or um, is he this grand manipulator to where he would eventually sort of brainwash her into bringing her into the fold or something like that? And that's maybe something we didn't get to see. Uh, obviously, yeah. because yeah. he did. <laughs> he did. Yeah. So uh, so she's doing well, learning uh, the finer points of piracy. We find out that Travis is in the uh, is in this cell below deck, I'm assuming. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I think it's funny that there's a, a an inspiration, religious inspirational book called Jesus Saves in the Cell with Him, and it's bookmarked with a paper, paper clip. <laughs> <laughs> and, and that's all he needs, right? Because he's... MacGyver. He's, um, he's MacGyver, yeah. He's continuing so he, the MacGyver motif this whole show. Yeah. yeah, and he's like, oh, paperclip. I can pick whatever the hell lock is on this gate, and I'll be right out of here. As but, a teacher. Like, we're trying to remember mm-hmm. what he He was a teacher, right? Yeah, yeah. He was an English teacher. <sighs> so, I know. There's going to be an episode, a flashback episode, where we find out that in his younger days, he was like a, like a hardcore gangster or like a cholo of some kind. It'll be his character from, from training day. That, <laughs> you know, I was going to say Eagle Scout, but yeah, we can go that far. <laughs> yeah. And then, and then it, it turns out he wised up and decided to give back to the community and became an English teacher, <laughs> but not before learning all these street smarts, you know, <laughs> apparently there, there must be an epic backstory like that. Otherwise yeah. how, yeah. yeah and also really don't forget the, the gangster must've been living on a boat because he knew how to, you know, rewire a boat so well, that, yeah it could he could have been uh out of out of long beach or something the, L, the lbc yeah i'm getting that's yeah, i'm sure, guessing absolutely yeah showrunners if you're listening make that episode make that backstory episode <laughs> but uh <laughs> um so he's about to pick the lock but then um charlie which was the uh the girl that got the chop uh on the raft 
mm. the episode before that uh, with a new hairdo um, comes strutting in and uh, or Alex, right? Oh, wait, no. Yeah, it is Alex. See, she was credited as as Charlie or maybe I'm making all this up. Maybe it's the <laughs> Are you thinking of Charlie from Lost? No, no, no. There was um, because <laughs> I actually had to correct. Uh, I started writing her name, her character name out because I remember it being different from another episode, or at least on the IMDb page. Huh. Which, um, guys, get your shit together over there, IMDb. Because, Apparently, yeah. Jeez, man. Or maybe you're thinking uh, even like because you were watching the web series that she was also on. Maybe they called mm-hmm. her Charlie on there or something. Uh, Who knows? Who knows? Uh, but my bad. Poor research. I'm not that great of a nerd. Apparently. Um, <laughs> Trolls, trolls come on out. Yeah. yeah, yeah, trolls come out. I'm like knocking on the on the cave door, <laughs> walking over their bridge. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Loudly, um, but so yeah, Alex is there, uh, and she's got a bone to pick with Travis, which is interesting because she very clearly saw that it was Strand that cut the rope. Oh, I love that you're in review. You talked about that. It's like, <laughs> hello, like why is she mad at Travis? <laughs> Travis is the guy pleading with him to at least let them stay towed to the boat. Right. That made I mean, no sense. No, it really it really made no sense, but I suppose you know, you would just be you would be pretty angry in general and you probably wouldn't you wouldn't be sitting there, you know, about to die of exposure going, and that strands a motherfucker. Well, at least Travis was a nice guy. Um <laughs> You would think. Like you'd see him be like, Oh, I wanted to thank you for at least trying to save me. By the way, your friend Strand is an asshole. Yeah. Yeah, I don't like that guy. And also, like, the guy she was saving, the the burn burn victim guy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. She had just met him or something. Like, he had just saved her, and then he got burned or something. But, like, it wasn't her family member or her good friend. She had, he had just, like, I guess he had jumped in front of something to get burned, and that's why Mm -hmm. she was so close to him. But, oh, he died. Well, well, that's too bad, but I didn't know him, you know? like Right, yeah, exactly. And (sighs) so she had this... uh, this sob story about how she had to, you know, dump him overboard and et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. And just really, just really guilt tripping Travis for no good reason. And by the um, way, I hope people listening out there realize we're still enjoying this show. We don't mean to bash it too much. We're still enjoying it, but it's just, there are a lot of weird things that we're noticing. Yeah, there are. I mean, if, if, if I hated the show, I definitely wouldn't be here. Yeah. Um, why would we be doing a podcast about it? Like, yeah. Yeah, well, yeah. Why, why would we do that? I mean, you have to be really hateful to get on the internet and talk trash. <laughs> That's true. I'm just saying, you could do yeah, that just, too. Yeah, but um, so eventually, I guess they have this this moment where Travis goes, "Okay, yeah, I'm kind of a shithead too because he didn't do anything to uh, to stop Strand." Um, you know, probably in that moment, thinking of his own family and what they need to do to survive. Uh, you know, only feeling a cursory moment of guilt, but then going, oh, well, fuck her. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it's that that whole reasoning that uh, um, doing, not doing anything is just as bad as doing something bad. Uh, there's better wording there, I know. <laughs> Somewhere around there. There's- yeah. Um, inaction against evil is the same as doing evil. There you go. Well, yeah. I guess so. But like, he's the one who actually stepped in. Yeah, he know he he really did, but um, I don't know. Maybe maybe he didn't genuinely feel like he was at fault, but he just said so to kind of get her to settle down. Because Lord knows what this woman wanted to do to him before um, uh, before he kind of turned things around and she kind of softened up on him. And uh, um, you know, he started telling her about his situation and the things that he's had to do and oh, all this killing and oh, it's breaking my heart and I'm losing my soul and I'm never going to get it back and all this whiny bullshit. That <laughs> now, I- for, for pure analysis per, like reasons, would you say he did that on purpose to manipulate her or was he actually feeling those things? I think he's... See, if I'm, if I'm looking at just at that episode, I, it could be 50-50. But with the knowledge I have after this week, I think that Travis is still holding on to this idea that there's some order in the world left, you know, and there's some morality and, and, uh, ways that you should conduct yourself, uh, outside of a, of a, a survival standpoint, you know, there's still goodwill and, and mercy and charity that are out there and should be upheld. Uh, so maybe he was genuinely feeling bad about what happened. Um, yeah, I could see that. Yeah. And in that, 
the beginning of another one of the episodes, he was talking about throwing Strand overboard, and that was the first time he's actually said anything, you know, that didn't involve, oh, I'll talk to him. Like, he was genuinely yeah, upset. Yeah, bleeding heart, anything. Yeah. yeah. That was when he was genuinely upset about what happened to Alex and her burn friends. So, you know, maybe. But uh, she ends up taking off. Um, and it's interesting because she did say something along the lines of how Connor said that he was, you know, able to make use of her. And then she told Travis, nobody makes use of me. Like, it was a good She's, line. Yeah. I like that yeah, line. Yeah, it was. Yeah. So I was really hoping that she was going to turn the tables or something. You know, she was going to do something more than she ended up doing. She really didn't just kind of fuck. I don't know. Uh, nothing Wait, Nothing ever came of that line. I'm totally forgetting what happened to her. <laughs> Not, nothing. Just, just the whole, she don't see her for the rest of the episode. Really? Yeah. Yeah. She's just totally gone. Yeah. She just disappears. She, she didn't die in the dock. She's just gone. Yeah. She just, she's just really gone. Um, wow. I guess I hope she'll come back later, but I don't know how at this point. Well, and the thing is, is that there are, you know, there are other people that survived this whole uh, hostage swap. And so I'm thinking, you know, that they're going to pop back up in, in a later episode. Hopefully. I mean, they're interesting characters. Yeah. Um, like so, Jack, uh, Jack is debatable, but, you know. Well. Mr. Man Bun. Yeah, Mr. Man Bun. Uh, <laughs> well, and the thing is, is that I think that his... His uh, attachment to Alicia is what's going to get him killed. And I thought that's what's going to happen, mm. uh, you know, in captive, but it'll happen that. down the road. But so, uh, so back on the Abigail, um, let's see. So Chris is standing guard for some reason. Chris is standing guard outside of, uh, the room where they're holding Reed. Ugh. Uh, yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> He's even worse now that we yeah. know what the next episode is. <laughs> yeah. Any, any, just anytime you leave this kid alone to his devices, he just does horrible, awful shit. Like, yeah. He's this weird, like it really, it's interesting because his character really bothers me. Yeah. Like me too. Um, not just a, Oh, what a dumbass! kind of like how people didn't like Carl for a few seasons on the walking dead. <laughs> yeah. Or like Will Wheaton on Star Trek. Like, right. <laughs> exactly. And it's, it, he just, he's just a creepy kid. God. Yes. And, and he, and he, um, he went there really quickly. Like, I think maybe the only time that I thought he might've been all right, were maybe in the first one or two episodes of, the, of last season. And ever since then, I'm like, man, this, this guy's got problems. Yeah. Like first episode, he's a regular kid. Yeah, exactly. And now he's just like serial now, killer. Yeah, he's this creepy sociopathic weirdo. But so <laughs> he's yeah, so he's he's outside the room and I think uh I'm not really even sure Reed was saying, but it was probably something along the lines of how Chris has a, a weird step crush on Alicia or something like that. Oh, and then he said like something about his mom. He's like, So I don't see your mom around here. I guess she died too. Didn't he oh, say something right. like that? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's get you know, gave him the, the he <laughs> Played the orphan card or the, you know, the dead parent card. That's how you create Batman. Yeah. Well, you know, also. A, or a Joker, weird, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> a weird sociopath um, with issues that mm. he can't get over. But so I guess that um, that pushes Chris far enough and he blasts Reed in the face. Which almost would have been okay if he had acted cool after that. But he's acted really weird after that. Yeah. Yeah. Because Reed yeah. deserved it. And he didn't know they were using Reed for, you know, an exchange at that point. So we, I don't blame him for that. But at the same time, it's like he just went off the deep end after that point. Well, and that that was what made it so upsetting was, you know, the juxtaposition of uh, Maddie in contact with Connor and, and them setting up this trade. Meanwhile, um, Chris kills Reed, but you know he didn't. You know he killed him because he wanted to kill. It wasn't necessarily because he had died and woke back up, as we as we actually see. Yeah, he's blatantly next, lying. Yeah, he's blatantly yeah, he, lying. Uh, and that's that's when um, you know that's when you know something's up. Like if a guy gets on my nerves in the zombie apocalypse and I shoot him in the face, I'm going to say he pissed me off. I shot him in the face. I'm not gonna. Yeah, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna sit there and make up lies to make myself. He was seem- dying. He tried to kill us. Uh, he started saying anything about my mom. I shot him in the face. Yeah, and it was we're good. It was, yeah, we're good. Yeah, any questions? No, yeah. no questions. You're done. But yeah, he's he's lying and and trying to sort of keep up this troubled youth bullshit, and it's just it's just getting weirder and weirder. But so, yeah. right the the pooch is screwed. <laughs> but at the same time, Daniel comes in, 
Um, and instead of killing the faceless, jawless Reed, he decides that there's still a bargaining chip to be had. Smart choice. Yeah, it was it was a really good move. Um, and I like automatically when when Daniel stops him, I'm like aha, he's he, this is a smart guy right here. They're gonna just put a bag over his head and and you know even though he's making all these gross snarling noises, they'll be like, oh, it's that's Reed. He just does that. He's weird, you know. Yeah. you know Reed. You know Reed. You know those orphans. I was <laughs> snarling about something. <laughs> uh, so. I guess, yeah, basically the episode ends with um, them making this trade. Um, you know, Maddie goes with uh, the Reed Walker and then uh, they bring uh, Travis out. But Alicia is, what the hell was she doing? She was. Um, they couldn't find her because she was like down in the cell with. That's where Alex. No, not Alex. The pregnant. Chick. No, that was, no, that was. Yeah, that was Vita. Right. Like, Vita. She put she threw Vita in the cell and they couldn't find Alicia to make the trade. And Alicia went with Jack and then she was on the roof and then she jumped off the roof. Right. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, meanwhile. Uh, yeah, they shove they shove Reed over. Reed bites Connor and the second minion. And then Travis actually gets into a fight with the dude with his tire, his hands tied behind his back. Yeah. A little headbutt um, action. Yeah, it was it was good. It was impressive. It was like right on, man. Like way to <laughs> not get yourself punched in the breadbasket. Like way to do something. Yeah, exactly. Be useful. <laughs> but um, I think I think Alicia had gone missing because she was trying to figure out a way to escape, even though she had talked Jack into running away with her. You know this whole Romeo and Juliet bullshit. Um, yeah. Because she found out that oh, that's right. She had found out that. Um, when they saw the Abigail on the radar, she was that something didn't add up in her mind, and so she realized that uh, Connor had lied to her and not delivered uh, her family to safety. Even and she had no idea that they were actually Luis. You know, split some wigs and saved everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, split some wigs is that like a West Coast term? I'm not aware. Of. No, I, I <laughs> a guy that I worked with a long time ago. Um, he uh, we were talking about that movie. Um, with Tony Jaa, it was the uh, wasn't the protector. It was the one before that. The protector. Um, yeah, it was like this Muay Thai movie where he like the whole. It's just two hours of him beating the shit out of people. Oh, um, there's like three of them now. Yeah, yeah. Those movies. Ong Bak. Ong Bak. Yes. Yeah, he was like, "Have you seen that movie, bro?" And I was like, "No, what's it about?" He's like, "It's this crazy Muay Thai guy just splitting wigs." <laughs> <laughs> splitting wigs. <laughs> And that sold me right then and there. I ran out and got the movie the, that night. But, I at um, least know that Ongbok 2 is on my Netflix list right now. So it's a good one. I, I need to watch it. I think that one takes place like in ancient Thailand. Nice. Yeah. Anyhow, I, I dig. Yeah. We definitely digress. Yeah, we digressed. But um, so she is thinking that something's up. So she goes and she hides. During the trade, then she pops up on the top of the boat, jumps off. Really daring, by the way. I don't think I would do that. Uh, no, and everything, and I'm glad everything in that trade went well, but everything in that trade went really well for them. Yeah, like, yeah, I was... The yeah. bite happened perfectly. It bit fucking Connor in the throat. Like, I mean, it's, it's the best things you could possibly hope for in that trade happened. Um, yeah. So, which is good for the progression of the show. Sure, it's great. But I was like, wow, that was very convenient. <laughs> yeah it, it was it was super convenient because the something had to have gone wrong and it's just because you know in in the walking dead nothing ever goes right right like i think at this point somebody would have already been dead yeah it's season um, two now like somebody should have died yeah and, and the thing was is that we they really they sort of um they killed Chris's mom, I mean, well, they didn't kill her. I mean, oh, she just yeah. kind of, it was just one of those, oh, how sad it wasn't like, oh my gosh, that guy got eaten or whatever. Because <laughs> <laughs> she was there for like, what, two episodes? Maybe? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, two episodes. And I mean, you thought, oh, here we go. It's going to be Maddie and, and uh, gosh, I forgot her name, but uh, Maddie and Chris's mom fighting over Travis and it's going to be a soap opera with zombies, but no. <laughs> Which is good. I'm glad they avoided that. Yeah. But yeah, nothing really major has happened to the core group of heroes, and I thought at least, at least Jack was going to get killed because, you know, I was thinking that something was going to go wrong with the exchange, 
Um, you know, oh, Connor was going to go, oh, Reed's dead, so I'm going to kill one of yours. Jack was going to jump in front of Alicia and save her life, something like that. I would have liked that. Kill, kill man bun, please. Yeah, that, and that would have been, you know, heroic. It would have been at least, you know, some sort of redemptive action for that character, you know, instead of just being this ride-along pirate who, <laughs> exactly, you know, gets infatuated with whatever girl he comes across, I'm but, assuming. But also duped her into losing her family yeah exactly uh so yeah I, but the thing is also i think when i was going back to saying that connor might be this master manipulator i, th- I think um i think jack kind of doesn't want to be a part of this which is why he agreed to run away with alicia in the first place yeah but you know connor got in his to his head to that point where he was doing that sort of stuff sort of maybe without even thinking about it it was just sort of an automatic thing this is what we do we raid boats we mess with people's minds. Um, you know, something. He got into that very quickly. Yeah. Well, you know, teen- teenagers, I'm assuming. What, what, like, I think they're supposed to, like, Alicia's supposed to be late. She's in high school, right? Like, yeah, the end of high school, I think, was the idea. Yeah, yeah, because, yeah, there was, it was the end of the school year or something like that. Because uh, she goes to the same school that Maddie and, and Travis teach at. And that actor who played her boyfriend was in The Wire as a little kid. And the wire, Ooh. the wire is a great show. So uh, I was sad that he died so quickly in the first season. Oh well, he's still getting work though. I mean, I'm sure he's going to come back. Yeah, there you go. Something. Yeah. So well, the, yeah. The end of the end of captive leaves us with um, Jack brokenhearted, um, mm. Vita in the jail cell because she got into a tussle with Alicia, um, and then Alex nowhere to be found. And I find it hard to believe that Connor only had. A total of what? Maybe what is that? Seven, seven people altogether? Eight? I guess. Like that was you his know? big mass following, and they talked about him like he was some religious leader or something. And yeah, it was not it, that it, impressive. It, yeah, and and that his his home base or stronghold or whatever seems like it could house a lot more people. So, but it makes sense because of how little time has passed since this has happened. Like the apocalypse has started, and he shouldn't have that many followers yet. So right, yeah, it's just make- whomever whomever he's come across. Yeah, but yeah, all right. To transition though from this episode to the next, I would say like watching Captive, I was like, oh, okay, this show's kind of picking up. All right, I'm I'm trying to get a little excited about stuff. But then before I even hear what your thoughts are on the next episode, I was this episode I watched from this week, and I was like, wow, this is actually really kind of getting good. So that was my feeling going into it. So how did you feel when this next episode kind of started in comparison to the last one? Uh, I think it was a huge step up where... Okay, good. Because I felt the same way. <laughs> yeah, where it was like there was so, like some interesting human drama and, and tension in Captive. And I was like, okay, you know, they're starting to ramp it up a little bit. And then, um, yeah, this this Latin Latinly titled... Yeah. Uh episode comes along and I'm like, wow, this is you know, I was really into it. Um because for me it was sort of okay, finally they're done with the Abigail and they're on yes, land and true. And this is you know, this um this villa in Mexico, that's their next major um you know, not only story wise, but I guess location wise, you know, the big the big hub from which I think the rest of the season is gonna take place. So it was like, ah and and it's set up really well. Well, okay. So, <laughs> um, so to to backtrack, it it begins with the church service and the choir, right? And the um, the the priest's views on what the, um, the you know the nature of the apocalypse, and it's not God's fault, of course. Uh, so <laughs> we shouldn't we shouldn't blame the big guy upstairs. It's you know probably something that we allowed to happen because we're filthy sinners. The spaghetti monster in the sky. Yeah, yeah. Thanks, Spaghetti Monster, for, <laughs> for nothing. Um, and something interesting happens after the church service is over. Um, everybody's exiting the church, and they grab weapons as if they were gonna, as if they were gonna go fight some walkers. Yeah, I was, I was on board with all this. I was like, "What the hell is going on? This is awesome. I love it. It's so different. It's great." Yeah, I have no idea. What, I have no idea what time frame this is. I don't know if it's a flashback from Luis. I don't like. I didn't know what was going on. Yeah, and it just seemed. It seemed interesting because, you know, they have service, they take communion, they run out of the church, everybody's got their, their melee weapons. And it's like, yeah, that's, that's what we do on Sundays. We go to church and, you know. <laughs> get our melee kill, weapons. <laughs> yeah, we kill zombies, you know, yeah, of course. But before they can do anything, um, 
Mr. Abigail himself, Thomas, Thomas shows up. Um, Dugre and Scott. Try, yeah, Dugre. <laughs> uh, he shows up and he tries to stop them uh, from, you know, and w- we assume that they were going to go fight off the walkers that may be straggling in the village or something like that. But he says that whoever these people are, are far more well-armed than they are, and they'll be killed automatically. So there could be some sort of occupying force that, you know, we don't know about. That's why at that point I was still thinking it was some kind of flashback and they were going to surprise us and make us think it was zombies. And it was actually about like cartels or something and not involving zombies. Like, Oh wow. Like they were actually that whole time just talking about a rivaling cartel or, or somebody who was like attacking them or terrorizing their village. But no, it was, it was more deep than that, obviously. (laughs) Yeah. 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 So I'm not really sure. Obviously, um, Thomas has some sort of vested interest in the people that, you know, are in this village or town where his property is. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he's trying to stop them from, you know, going and attacking whoever it is. It could, you know, and it could be uh, the same people that uh, Luis was trying to, you know, pay off so that the Abigail, the boat can get into Mexico, but uh, we'll get to that later. So before, before anything can really happen, everybody starts getting sick. And um, I thought is you know it was interesting because like oh my gosh these people are turning without you know having died of natural causes or being yeah bitten. that's they what just, I thought too I was like holy crap is this some kind of new mythology thing is like gonna be like a new step in The Walking Dead well yeah for for a moment I was like oh they better not have made the the zombie virus originate in Mexico because that's, <laughs> that's that would be bad yes. <laughs> Yeah, bad for politics. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, the, the only, but only in the in the fictional universe would the wall make sense. Like, guys, there's zombies. Yeah, we got to build the wall. Come on, it makes it'd be a great wall. It's a great zombies. Wall. It'd be fantastic. No zombies ever going terrific. across the border. Terrific wall. The zombies will pay for it. Yeah, exactly. We'll make the zombies pay for it. We'll build the wall out of zombies. <laughs> but so oh, so everybody all kind of dies and um unfortunately children and, included and yeah children included yeah yep uh so again not shying away from um the fact that there are children zombies too oh and more later obviously yeah 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 exactly um so uh, what happens after that are we back on the we're back on on the abigail the yeah. yeah that's where they're kind of like finally getting into the uh the uh flotilla the flotilla yes flotilla. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and so, yeah, that's the, so Luis is about to make, make payment, but then they're accosted by this boat. And apparently one of the guys on the boat is the contact that they need to make. But then, uh, oddly, and apparently Luis is going to make this payment in gold, which may or may not factor in later on in the series. Yeah. How gold's still a currency. Apparently. Yeah. Or, you know, just even like Alex there- Jones and every other crazy nut job out there says, buy gold, buy more gold. <laughs> oh God! For the end of the world, yeah. For the end of the yeah, you see, we're not going to go to a barter system in the apocalypse. Gold will still have value, apparently. Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. makes makes sense. Of course. Yeah, thanks, Alex Jones. Yeah. Um, him and Billy Corgan are probably buying a lot of gold right now. Oh yeah, I'm sure. Billy Corgan. Oh no, is <laughs> Billy Corgan on that boat? Oh no, Billy Corgan has been on in the Infowars. Um, are you serious? Twice now, and smashing pumpkins. Billy Corgan. Yes, I had no I'm, idea. One of my favorite bands, and he's just going full blown uh, conspiracy theorist, oh, no. SJW hating Bernie bashing you, weirdo. How he was like he's part of my youth. He really is, but I just think that oh um, no, I, I think he just got tired of being a giant bald baby. And <laughs> it's okay though. Our our podcast listeners already know our my political beliefs and everything. So okay. it's cool. <laughs> right. And he just felt, he felt like he needed to lash out. It's really a shame. Yeah. Yeah. If you can know, if, if you if you have a high cringe tolerance, I, I suggest you watch the interviews. Um, if not, then just, just go burn your melancholy, melancholy and infinite sadness CDs and call it a day. But, uh, so we got to Flotilla. Um, Luis's contact makes contact, I guess, uh, comes over on his own little boat, which I suppose was not part of their plan because that means that they have to hide the rest of the group because they're not supposed to be 
on the boat at all. It was uh, apparently it was only supposed to be uh, Strand and and Luis on this boat, but now we have uh, the whole friggin' family, families, I guess plural. So they go below deck, and, um, and that was their best plan, I guess, just to hide under board, and hopefully they just let the whole boat go through. Yeah, they're like, mm, I only I only see two people, so you know, on this gigantic <laughs> fuck off boat, you know, seems legit, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, but that's that's just it. They um, the the conversation in Spanish is translated by Daniel, and then they have this oh shit moment where they realize that um, these two guys, these I'm assuming these you know me- Mexican military personnel they want to search the rest of the boat um and then a fight breaks out and fuck luis gets shot i know i I was really upset at that like i uh like i almost i had like my my mouse over the x on my video play i was like i'm gonna i'm just gonna stop (laughs) i'm gonna i'm just gonna tell german i'm not doing this shit anymore like i just (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> they killed, you know, my favorite character right off the bat. They didn't even kill him. They just let him lay there and bleed. I know. And I even wrote in my notes. I was like, damn it. They killed Luis. I'm done. They can't recognize good talent. <laughs> no, they really can't. Yeah. They, they can't recognize how cool a guy that can pull off two stunning headshots on a boat, like a speeding, like, uh, yeah. So he gets shot. He's lying there. He he doesn't want to get stabbed in the head. But Daniel's ready. Oh, I got to stab him. He's the only other Spanish speaker on the boat. Fuck this guy. Um, yeah, he's a little too gung-ho about it. But uh, Ophelia, I think Ophelia stops him and kind of lets him bleed out. I don't know what's really worse. But, um, yeah. But uh, something interesting happens. He uh, he tries to hand them uh, like a, a token or, you know, it's a little trinket of some kind or to give to his coin, mother. Yeah. Yeah, it was this little uh, coin-ish object with a with an owl on it, and Daniel, being the asshole that he is, chucks it into the water. And he was he was freaked out by what was on that coin. I feel like he knows what it is or something. Yeah, he's yeah he has he has a weird feeling about that. And then uh, you know what? another interesting uh, thing with Daniel happened at the beginning of the uh, no not at the beginning of the episode, but a little bit later on when they actually when they make landfall, I guess is the the proper nautical term. Yeah. Yeah. So they somehow they make it through, even though they're, they're being shot at by the flotilla. Um, <laughs> they uh, they get away and you know kind of explain it in a way that says you know whatever's on whatever's on the mainland is is what's going to kill them as opposed to um, them getting shot to death. I guess they figured they'd save the bullets and let them get eaten. Mm-hmm. Um, but so yeah, in poking around, they come across these infected churchgoers, and so the first. Um, semi-competent group melee takes place where they kind of understand what they have to do and there's not, you know, all the stumbling and tripping and et cetera, et cetera. You know, they actually are, are decent at killing these walkers. Um, yeah. And even having to kill children, like right there, just, they had to do it. Like they, they kind of did. Yeah. Nick split this little girl's head open. Like just like, like a melon, like Gallagher. It was not <laughs> deep cut with Gallagher. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> But, uh, so he seems to have, you know, he seems to have a, a qualm, a qualm about it. Um, as I guess you do, even though, you know, in your head, you know, that they're walkers, but at the same time, you're seeing, you know, they're, they're kids and they do, you know, the, I guess the, the imagery still sticks with you, but Daniel has this moment where he, he's holding off a, a, a walker child and he has some weird flashback where there's a kid that's being held by the throat. And I don't know if it's him holding this kid or if it, if it's him as this child, I guess, back in that's whatever gross. horrible, whatever horrible shit he lived through. Um, so it's like, it seems apparent that his, that he has these ghosts that are, um, that are coming back to haunt him. Cause I, if you remember on uh, captive, he has that. So he hears that voice that tells him to take the gun. Oh, Do you remember yeah. that? Vaguely. Yeah. Yeah, so he's and so there's there's some stuff going on with him, and I think that's gonna that's gonna play into. Um, I don't know if he's going crazy or if those are just like you know those are his just survival instincts kicking in or something, or if these like like these ghosts of the past are catching up to him, and that's kind of how he goes out. Is you know, um, well, it's like whole new life is actually yeah making him remember his past, whereas the regular life it would never come up. But now all these war memories are popping back into his head, right? And I think that's sort of going to be his downfall later on just as you know as the character progresses in general um and then what else happens oh uh maddie does fall over and and 
gets straddled by a walker and Chris, mm-hmm. the Chris doesn't do anything. I mean, he actually kind of wants to see what happens. Freaking um, asshole. <laughs> yeah. Just a, a asshole of the asshole of the year here. Uh, and Alicia catches him and, you know, cat's kind of out of the bag. It's pretty obvious that he wasn't, that he was purposely not helping Maddie. So that adds a whole new wrinkle to things. Because he didn't look scared and frozen. He looked like he was just excited or something. It was, it was yeah, he's got this, yeah, he's got this creepy... It, it's, it, it isn't even like like this bloodlust, like uh, the whole Alexandria fight scene um, in The Walking Dead where the wall comes down and everybody sort of arms up and you know stands in solidarity and kicks Major Ass. It's like he's just like gleefully killing in like a weird not awesome way the future governor in our hands here <laughs> yeah 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 he, yeah he's he's got this sadistic streak in him but so that happens and um so strand finds abigail's truck and he's not there i don't think you know he's not there is he no yeah, there. not yet but they they make their way to the the via so we have the flotilla and now we're at the via <laughs> Uh, the villa, the the villa, <laughs> oh, the villa, all right, the villa. <laughs> but um, yeah. So they're uh, at, at least she seems to be. I, I think she audibly was like, "Oh, you got to be kidding me!" Like it's a it's a beautiful place. Yeah, at first I thought it was vineyards, and I was like, "What use is wine going to be in this time?" But I mean, I, I guess it was just crops, but kind of like beautiful vineyards. Yeah, I well, I think they. Uh, I, yeah, and I think that it's just there, and they're tending them just to kind of give them something to do. Like they have walls, they have jobs to do. It seems kind of like really, uh, really idyllic. Like, um, yeah. you know, when you first like when the group first gets to the uh, Herschel's farm, or when they first find um, Alexandria, you're like, oh wow, you know, this is this is good. This is you know, we can stay here. You know, this this sort of brief moment of hope. Very very brief. Well, they get uh, settled into the house in the different rooms and uh, trying to think they, and he gets strang gets reintroduced to uh, Abigail. Who's bitten. And I'm like, God damn it. Right. Yeah. I already thought as soon as I saw that, I was like, oh, they couldn't afford do Gray Scott to stay on too long in the show, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. It was, and it's a real bummer too. He was, I think he had what, maybe like a total of 10 minutes of screen time and he's a great actor, an yeah. interesting character. Um. You know, and I really, um, I thought their relationship was interesting, his his and Strand's, and I kind of wanted to see, I wanted to see that sort of play out a little bit longer. I knew one of them was going to have to die, but, um, so he's bitten, and so now Strand is, which is really cool, well, I guess it isn't cool, I feel bad for the guy, but to see the, you know, the range of emotion that he's having. Yeah. Um, you know, he's usually this cool as a cucumber can make decisions you know kind of be a dick when he needs to it's all about the survival and really the only reason that he was this this person this sort of you know asshole at sea was be- all because he was trying to get back to abigail the man yeah it shows uh, that, was, that you it's know, like that was his motivations it makes him less 2d a character yeah uh but so there's that uh something's kind of off about uh louise's mom Oh, right. Because yeah, he uh, she doesn't seem to take uh, her son's death too harshly. Um, she does share some interesting philosophies with Nick um, about the nature of death and and uh, you know I guess outbreak whatever you want to call it. Yeah, I'm hoping she doesn't sway Nick too far over in the next couple episodes because we need Nick to be the cool badass heroin addict that he is. Yeah, yeah, we need him to be. Yeah, we need him to be the useful sneaky. But again, you know, I think that he's sort of um, playing up his vulnerability and curiosity. I hope so. To try to, try to figure out what's what's going on. Because, yeah, me too. I mean, I just really think that, that that's kind of his his characters. He has to, he automatically, whatever situation he's in, he tries to feel it out. That makes you know? sense. That'd be a lot better. I hope they do that direction. Yeah, because, and it's even, again, an odd moment of mothering when, Maddie comes in and sort of, I guess, gets into like a little, a womanly pissing match between, uh, yeah. you know, oh, he's vulnerable or whatever. Like he was out on, he was out on the streets. You were like the worst mother ever before this whole thing started. Now you're like, don't talk to my son. Exactly. Like, and plus the time that she, at least that time when she walked in, all she was saying is like, Hey, death isn't the end. 
you know, it's like, everything's okay. He, she wasn't going too far into her weird, you know, Walker philosophy yet. And she was giving him food. Like Maddie, you think would walk in and be like, Oh, that's great. She's treating my son so wonderfully, you know, but suddenly she was like all protective and pissy. I was like, where'd that come from? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like it, it was really weird. Like, um, don't feed my son. <laughs> These, this delicious soup concoction, you bitch. How dare you? How dare you? Yeah. What, um, what was it called? Do you remember? Uh, pozole. Is that a thing? Is that a? Yeah, yeah. It's actually pretty damn. It's like Mexican chicken soup. It's really delicious. Nice. You should try it. Sounds good. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's 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 pretty. Uh, it's very. Um, it's one of those dishes that you eat and you just feel like your soul is just better. Mm, warms you up. <laughs> right. Exactly. So there's that. So we we understand that there's something not quite right there though because. Yeah, so there's uh, Luis's mom, and I can't remember her name. Oh, I actually went back and found it, uh, Celia. Oh, okay, Celia. Yep. Because um, I could remember don't her. Own, <laughs> yeah, they don't allow weapons in the in in the via in the property. Um, but again, I just Daniel has a problem with his his fellow Spanish speakers. He's just really <laughs> on guard with them. Um, and for good reason, it find, we, uh, we find out. I think I think I'm jumping ahead a little bit in the. Well, I the guess narration. before that happens, we have the whole scene with Chris and Alicia, which just gets even freakier. Oh right, mm-hmm. he tries to he tries to have a little chit chat with her about whatever she's watching on TV, and she doesn't. She just wants no no part of of him, and so she kind of calls him out on what happened earlier. So he does. He gets a little grabby with her. He puts hands on her. Mm-hmm. Not in a sexy way, but in more like a I might kill you way. Right, in a, in a very threatening, yeah, very threatening way. And it's, you know, it's really dark for him. And you're like, oh, shit. And he's like, I didn't actually do that to your mom. She's like, I saw you do it. And he's like, uh, if you tell anyone I did, then I, I don't want to hurt anyone. You can't say anything. What if I do? I don't want to hurt anyone. Dot dot dot. dot like, yeah, what? yeah. There's that that <laughs> nonverbal dot dot dot. You know, <laughs> I don't um, want to hurt anyone. What, what the hell is going on with him? <laughs> yeah, but I will. Uh, I'll choke you out or stab you in the face or something. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So, and then when, uh, so obviously she tells Maddie, and then Maddie tries to talk to Travis about it, and he just is pretty oblivious to it, yeah. or not oblivious, but he's really. Um, argumentative about it. Like he doesn't really want to believe that his son would be capable of that. It's going nuts. Yeah. Yeah. That it would have this profound impact on him in a negative way. And, uh, you know, and I suppose it's a natural reaction when somebody says, Hey, your son's a psychopath. Um, and, uh, put hands on his own stepsister. Mm-hmm. Um, or wait, no, they're not married. Are they? I swear. Travis, yes, not. Travis and Maddie are not married. So, it, but it's just this sort of mishmash of families. But anyhow, he doesn't want to hear it. But then again, you know, he goes to spend time with him while she, Maddie goes and stays with, with Alicia. And, uh, yeah. What happens, what happens after that? Do they, is that when Daniel starts going walking in the evening? I think so. And meets up with a little kid who's going to visit his mother. Mm. Right. Yeah. His mother is a walker. Yeah. All being held in the barn. I mean, in that uh, room. Oh yeah, they would never. They would never rehash uh, uh, an idea from the other show. Why would they do that? Now, I was watching with my girlfriend, and she suddenly thought brought that up too, and she's like, "What? This is the same episode." Like, but and I guess it's a problem of that. This kind of thing, I guess, would happen if the zombie apocalypse happened. Some people wouldn't want to admit that they're zombies. But then I was like, "But our pop culture, everyone knows what zombies are, so we would automatically know to fear them and kill them." Whereas in this world, no one ever uses the word zombie. It seems like no one has ever heard of zombies before. So, yeah, yeah. I don't know Ugh. this, but it is kind of a rehash of the same kind of people that they Yeah, I, I bet you George Romero is real fucking pissed off. He's like, I invented this whole mythology and it gets no recognition whatsoever. Exactly. You know, in these movies that I pretty much created. Bullshit. Um, but yeah, it was, it was frustrating to me because they, they didn't have to go that route. And it was like, but at the same time, I feel like at on the farm, on Herschel's farm, um, 
he was genuinely distraught about, you know, losing whatever family members he lost and still was unsure about the nature of the, of the virus or, you know, the outbreak or whatever it is and believed that they could get better. Yeah. He, he didn't believe there was anything mystical about it. He believed it was just that we don't understand it yet, which I, right. makes yeah, more sense, I guess. Yeah. And there could be a cure. Now, this combined with, you know, the fact that they have the walkers there, the whole creepy owl thing, <laughs> um, and just sort of um, Celia's confidence about it makes me think that this is more of, yeah, like a, a cultish spiritual kind of situation that we're dealing with. So Yeah, because we see the owl again over the shrine of all the people who have turned into walkers. There's that big owl in the tree. Mm-hmm. And for some reason, that sets off Nick to remember the first episode where he's walking around the church. So that was kind of strange. Yeah, and, and I was – so I was thinking, like, why is he having this memory? Like, did he see – the owl in the church. I kept waiting. Like, yeah, I kept waiting for him to see it in the flashback, and then he didn't. So I was like, "What was the point of that?" <laughs> yeah, and I'm so I'm thinking, you know, maybe if he did see, like, it's going to be revealed, like he has another flashback where he does see the owl, and sort of the, uh, you know, the zombie virus or whatever it is has some sort of religious undertones, like there's some death cult or something like that that's going around. Yeah, and you know his and his uh, shoot up junkie church was one of the first places. You know, or one of these locations where it would, you know, they sort of decided to set it off or release it or introduce it, however they. So, yeah, we'll we'll see we'll see about that. But um, there is another moment. So after Daniel learns about uh, or finds these walkers, he goes to confront Celia, who's again just like not sweating it at all. She's nope. like, oh yeah, um, she's got her own opinions on it, and then he sort of figures out what happened to the the people in the church. And we realized that they were poisoned and they didn't just keel over and die of this, you know, whatever uh, zombie virus. They, um, Celia had poisoned the communion wafers. Mm-hmm. And she actually has two more wafers that are going to go to uh, Abigail and Strand. They're going to do some Romeo and Juliet type shit. And first off, that made me like, realize how Celia is completely insane and uh, willingly killed women and children and everybody just because they were planning that whole first scene turns out they were actually planning on going to attack the the via because mm-hmm. they didn't believe in this death cult business. And so she killed them all like that is right. terrifying. Yeah. It's, it's, and, and uh, yeah, and I think that she thinks that they're, you know, that they're going, they're transitioning into a better place or whatever, like this state of undeath is preferable yeah. or, you know, the new, um, the new afterlife or whatever, which is, you know, kind of odd to think about. But in the end, Strand doesn't take the wafer and actually shoots Abigail in the head. Which I thought was great. <laughs> yeah, after he dies. Yeah, there's no way that um, they can't kill, they really can't kill Strand. They killed Luis, which was, you know, pissed me off a lot, deeply. I'm I'm hurt. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't like it either. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and so they definitely can't kill Strand. I mean, you have to have at least one badass. Well, I mean, Nick's pretty cool, but he's not quite there yet. Yeah, he still like feels like a teenager. Anyway, right? Yeah, and that, that's the thing is, uh, I th- I think um, Maddie says something like he's only like nineteen or something. The character's only supposed to be like nineteen. Yeah, which is uh, I don't know. It's pretty crazy to think that he's. Uh, I would think he'd be a little bit older. Because 19 seems awfully young to be addicted to heroin. But then again, I'm not addicted to heroin. That's true. (laughs) Thank God. (laughs) Right, exactly. But uh, yeah, he could be a little bit older and he seems more mature, but maybe he's just been out in the streets since he was 16 or something. Who knows? Right. Yeah. He's he's got them. He's got them street smarts. Yeah. Who knows? Yeah. Who knows? Maybe maybe heroin's that great. Like. (laughs) I've heard it. I've heard it's fantastic. (laughs) Yeah. 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 yeah, From what I hear, it's it's pretty awesome. I'll just take their word for it. But. (laughs) Exactly. Um, so that, I think that's kind of where it ends, uh, with Strand and, and Abigail's rapidly cooling body. So I, I think, uh, last time we decided to do this, but, uh, who do you think will die next? Uh, now that we've see. seen what we've seen, this is Death Watch or Deadpool. <laughs> yeah. Deadpool, Fear the Walking Dead edition. Um, <laughs> right now, I think, I think, um, Chris is on track to die. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, because, oh, that was the other thing that we, that we completely missed was, uh, during when, when Strand shoots Abigail, the gunshot wakes up 
uh, Alicia and Maddie who find that Chris is in the room with a knife, right. like a creepy asshole. <laughs> and so if so if that wasn't, you know, and I'm really glad that happened because I really didn't want to have Maddie and Travis argue back and forth about, you know, whether or not, um, you know, Chris is a creepy asshole. Uh, they have all the evidence they need right there. Yep. And and something's going to happen. There's going to be a scuffle, a tussle. Chris is going to run away uh, and get eaten, or he's going to actually try to make good and kill, you know, either Alicia or Maddie, and he's going to get killed in the process. Mm -hmm. Um, I think so. He's number one. I think Celia might be getting the chop too, just because they can't have the craziness there. Like they're going to try to take the via for themselves. Yeah. Yeah, I, th- I think I he's definitely the character I want to die the most. But, <laughs> I mean, I think he actually has legitimate reasons to actually get killed. Because just like when Carol had to kill, uh, what's her face? Like the, oh, the two kids. Yeah, because she was crazy. Yeah, because she was crazy. <laughs> so, like, they might have to, like, come to that realization that he can't live in this world. I don't know if they're at that point yet, but that would be that'd be interesting. Well, yeah, it- and the, that episode where Carol has to shoot the kids was really heavy. I mean, it just, it took a lot out of me. But now that we've sort of broken through that barrier, like, oh, fuck it. Let's kill some kids. Like, <laughs> He's a teenager. He's fine. Yeah, he's a teenager. He's he's had a good life. And now he's a creepy weirdo. Who, but see, the thing is, he, um, and I can't remember that character's name in The Walking Dead, but she killed... Her younger sister, and um, you know, so there was blood on her hands, quite literally. And so, Chris hasn't done anything like that yet. But I feel like they might want to nip this one in the bud and get him, you know, because what? If, yeah, if he if he kills if he kills Alicia, then that's it for Travis and Maddie. And if he kills Maddie, well, that's it for him and Travis. Like as far as the father son goes, so it's yeah. Like, where do we go from here? Hopefully he doesn't get to kill anybody. And I, it's, I, maybe they can, but I don't see how he can be redeemed at this point because he's kind of awful. Yeah, I, I think the whole the whole arc of his character is meant to show this, you know, the detrimental impact of living in this world and how it affects your sanity and the consequences of not, you know, having your head on straight and sort of letting this creepy bloodlust psychosis take over. Mm-hmm. So we'll see. I think, uh, oh. Somebody has to die because it's the season fin- or mid-season finale next oh. episode. Are they taking a break after that? They are. Uh, for what reason? I don't know. I think they have a couple other shows that they're rolling out. I think um, I think uh, Preacher's coming around. Oh, right. Which also could be good. Could be good. Yeah. I, you know, maybe uh, if if I like it, I'll, I'll be more than happy to write about that, too. I just That'd cause, be cool. Yeah. Fuck. I'm running out of stuff to write about. <laughs> exactly. We're trying here. <laughs> These shows are taking a break. <laughs> But yeah, I, uh, well, what would you, if we were going to give it a, a rating out of five, what would you give Sicket Service episode six? Just for, just for the, the fact that it sets up the, probably the rest of the season, which we're going to have to wait for. I'm going to have to say this was a good, a solid four and a, no, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to ding them a full star for killing Luis. I'm going to say it's four out of five stars. You know, I'll go the same thing, uh, four out of five, because it gives some mythology, which is cool of the show that they're bringing up questions about. Uh, the characters are coming more interesting, had some action, good action, actually, in that whole mm-hmm. thing. But then not only do they kill Luis, but they're also kind of rehashing an old plot. So yeah, four out of five stars. As far as yeah. the Walking Dead goes, if this was a Walking Dead episode, it'd be like three stars, but. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. But you know, we're we're giving we're giving them the benefit of the doubt, <laughs> exactly. I guess, because uh, we have nothing else. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that's pretty much it for this stuff and things episode number three. I guess we'll see you guys next week at some point. We're trying to get on a schedule here, but it's difficult recording schedules and such. But it's gonna happen eventually. Yeah. Go ahead if you if you are compelled, send us a uh, message over at stuff and things at playonnerds.com. Uh, let us know what you think of the podcast so far. Um, I'm still waiting to get trolled. So, you know, that's always an option, too, if you don't feel like having anything of value to say. Yeah, please, just go ahead and troll yeah. us. It's yeah. We're happy for the company. Yeah, we, yeah, we really are. That's the point we're at in our lives. So, <laughs> <laughs> All right, take it easy, folks. See you next time. Stop. I'm doing stuff. Thanks. I've been doing stuff. I've got things. Stuff. 
If you'd like to find out more about us, you can always check us out on Facebook at facebook.com slash a play on nerds or check us out on Twitter and Instagram at a play on nerds. We're also streaming live game content all the time on twitch.tv slash a play on nerds fun videos and stuff to check out youtube.com slash play on nerds. And also please subscribe to us on iTunes and leave a review if possible, because that lets us be easily searched in the iTunes search index for podcasts check us out at our website www.aplayonnerds.com where all this content can be found at the tip of your fingers and you can also always email us at anything at aplayonnerds.com we just want to hear from you however you do it check us out and how